Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. So we're going to go ahead and just open a can of worms here. (laughs) Um, Got a DM from someone on Instagram. We've been praying for the past hour. (laughs) And... uh, asking if it's unbiblical to accept student loan forgiveness. Now, we obviously all know that just last week, I guess it was, Biden came out and said that they're going to offer forgiveness on, I think, $10,000 up to $20,000 in some situations, some circumstances there. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of people talking about this. So we're just talking about government student loan forgiveness, right? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about any of it, but... Specifically in this question, I think that's what we're kind of addressing and pertaining to. And so, yeah, anyway, there's a lot of people talking about this right now. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people talking about this. A lot of people are not happy um, right. on both, well, I guess both sides of the equation. And of course, like everything else, this becomes political, uh, you know, and that's interesting. So I've yeah. read... One, one of the things that I really like about our pastors that they have kind of brought us back to whenever political issues come up is that it's not wrong to have political opinions and stuff, but to remind ourselves that we are actually citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors for Christ. Above all else. When we are here on the earth, right, like our number one goal should be pleasing the Lord. I think that that's just a really healthy way to view things because we can get caught up in, well, I'm an American and this is how it should be and these are my thoughts and so everyone should do it my way. And, um, you know, I I think it's just a good level ground to be on for all Christians to remember we're all fighting the same fight. We're all working together. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. <laughs> yeah. And we're citizens of heaven. Yeah. yeah. So I've been reading a lot of commentary about all this. And um, and so there's different Bible verses that have come up kind of in these discussions. One of them being some of the things talked about in the Old Testament and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, like this idea of debts should be forgiven every seven years or the year of Jubilee mm-hmm. where every 50 years God commanded Israelites to forgive all debts. Mm-hmm. And so it was clear that God like was into that and wanted people who were under this bondage of debt to be free. Yeah. And we'll get to kind of some of the intricacies a bit in that. And, you know, and stepping back real quick, like I'm not claiming to be a biblical scholar. I don't think you are either. <laughs> no. But we are people who um, have been Christians a while and do enjoy studying the Bible. And, you know, so we'll just give you our two cents we're, on all this. We're coming humbly, I think is what the... Yeah. Not claiming to have all the answers and not... Right. Or anything like that. You know, so on one side, you kind of hear some of that some of those verses that are like, yeah, God says, you know, death should be forgiven and that should be the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, you have verses that probably a lot of us have heard, you know, like Psalm 37, 21, where it says the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous give generously. Yeah. Or Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes 5, 5, where it says it's better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Yeah. I mean, that's Um, pretty strong language. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying not to get that cart ahead of the horse because I have like all these different thoughts in different directions, but I, I'm going to kind of follow my outline because and then we'll, <laughs> it's going to make we'll, sense. We're gonna, it'll end. make more sense if we do it that way. But, yeah. but there's something I read in all this because we are talking a little about the Bible and like specifically trying to answer this question or mm-hmm. maybe not even answer, but like discuss around this question right. of, is it unbiblical to accept this student loan forgiveness that the U S government just rolled out? Um, right. you know, cause I, I think that's the thing that, that people are like wrestling with trying to figure out because mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people feel like, well, I already paid off my student loans. Right. Why should they get forgiveness and I shouldn't? Or, well, maybe this person's just going to go take out a loan now because yeah. maybe that'll get forgiven. You know, and all these different things that it's it's raising a lot of emotions right. and a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's understandable. But in terms of bringing the Bible into this discussion, like I, I want to read something that I found that I think is really valuable. And so this professor, Roger Nam, like I really like what he says mm-hmm. here. And I'm going to just kind of pull out something here that I found in this article that he kind of wrote, wrote about this whole thing. But he said, we shouldn't treat the Bible like an enormously thick reference textbook looking for singular verse to weaponize against ideological opponents. The Bible is so much more sophisticated and complex and nuanced and mysterious. The Bible is not even a book, but a collection of books written and edited over many centuries, uh, three different languages across three different continents. Yep. Our readings of the Bible should be sensitive to the diverse perspectives and unique historical contexts within the readings. Taking one single verse to support or protest any modern legislation <laughs> violates the very character of the Bible. Yeah. So I just thought that was pretty powerful, a good... Yeah. Reminder for all of us. The idea of it looking for a single verse to weaponize against <laughs> ideological opponents. Yeah. I mean, that's super powerful because it, it, I think we can do that sometimes. Oh, it's easy to do that. It's really easy to do that. And it's fun to do that. Where it's, <laughs> it it's is. like, this is the Bible. You can't oh argue this. Gosh. Look at this As verse. As humans, we love yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know. This think, kind of puts us all in our place a little bit, doesn't it? It makes you sit up a little bit straighter yeah. and go, oh, oh, right, right, right. So coming back to all that, taking a holistic view of the Bible, <laughs> you know, it's easy to agree that it's, it's hard to disagree that the Bible, especially New Testament, talks about the importance of helping the poor and the needy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is something that I think we need to keep in mind of all this. And I think some people would just say, well, that's what student loan forgiveness is. It's helping the poor and the needy. And my argument to that a little bit, um, and again, we're going to share a lot of different thoughts and different angles of this, uh, is if you look at who has who's receiving the student loan debt, in most cases, it's not the like, like if you're looking at a full spectrum of com- the poorest poor to the richest rich, it's not on the poorest poor side who are getting the benefit of the debt forgiveness. Mm. You know, like this is the middle, you know, those are the ones who tend to go to college, the middle all the way up to the top. You know, in fact, like I remember reading that uh, most of the student loan money has been allocated to graduate students Mm. who have, you know, monstrous amounts of debt. And so the fact is, is that while this might be helping some middle-class people, like it isn't helping the poorest of the poor. But anyway, that's kind of a side point. But anyway. It's just information. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that it's important to look at all the information and just kind of hear the different viewpoints and 
kind of put that into factoring into your decision. Like maybe you just see things a little bit differently after you hear some of these counterpoints and um, that maybe we hadn't thought of before. All right. So coming back to this idea of God giving the Israelites this command to forgive debts, Mm -hmm. whatever, every seven years in the year of Jubilee, whatever the situation might be like, there's something here that we need to look at here. So the fundamental difference here that I see in this situation is that God is telling the actual lenders, the Israelites, to forgive their debtors, okay? Mm -hmm. So as an example, if I had bought an ox, let's say an ox or whatever, I don't know what I would buy from an Israelite, but say I bought an ox from an Israelite at that point and I owed him for it, when the year of forgiveness came around, God had commanded him to forgive me of that debt, okay? And so he had that command to forgive me of that debt Mm -hmm. for that ox that I bought or whatever thing might be. But there's a couple of things to note here. So what if that guy, that lender to me, so to speak, um, what if he chose to not forgive me that debt, okay? I can't make him forgive me that debt. Like, he has to be willing. He Mm -hmm. has to choose to do it. Forgiveness can't be taken by force. Yeah. Like, it must be given Mm -hmm. or it isn't actually forgiveness, right? And so this is an important distinction that I think a lot of people miss because mm-hmm. just because God set that commandment to the Israelites doesn't mean that we get to enforce it by taking it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd like to see us enforce it. Yeah. By so, taking it. Second point here is that this guy who sold me this ox, who was my lender, mm-hmm. you know, because he lent me this ox to whatever. I bought this ox from him and now I owe him. And now you owe him. Yeah. Okay. So he's the actual lender in this, you know, in this example. But in the case today with the U.S. government forgiving all these loans, Mm -hmm. uh, it just doesn't feel as clear cut to me because even though the government issued these long loans, they aren't actually the ones paying them back because they don't have the money to do so. Right. Right. So. So the the American people are the ones that are actually paying for the loans. Yeah. And it's just that the government is allocating that money. They're saying, we're going to, this is what we're going to do with that money. Yeah. And so it's like if I decide we're gonna to. We're going to force this to be spread out to all of the American people rather than individuals. Right. Yeah. And so if I decide to give you $500 and I don't have it. Can, can we do that? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so I decided to give you $500. I don't have it, but I go and borrow $500 from another friend. Mm-hmm. I borrow $500 for him is in order Brian? to give it Would to Brian you. Give it to you? Um, so the question is, is that really me giving it to you? Right. If I don't have it, or is that something different? You know? Yeah. And so in the case of the government, you know, them not having the money to pay these loans, like what, what's the answer here? You know, ultimately, what that means is that they're going to print more money because mm-hmm. they have the unique advantage of just being able to print and manufacture Which money out of thin air. But when you do that, great. that causes yeah. inflation. An that economic causes, collapse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that causes all these different things to happen. Right. And, and again, for anybody who thinks this is a political thing, I'm not making a political point because both sides, you know, left and right, have both printed a whole lot of money over the last <laughs> decade. So it's not... It's not about that. It's just about the way the government works and the way they're doing things. And so anyway, when they're printing money, essentially what they're doing is borrowing money from all Americans, Mm -hmm. you know, and our kids by devaluing our currency and just by watering it down in order to pay back these people. Which is not great. And that affects us all as a whole. Yeah, it ultimately makes it so that we're all kind of footing the bill for this thing, Mm -hmm. you know. And there was, I read this article that I think kind of, 
addresses. It was by this uh, guy named Sam Say, S-E-Y. And this is what he said in kind of response to this question of can the government really forgive the debt if they don't have the money to pay for it? And so he said that even though 80 percent of Americans do not have student loans, 100 percent of Americans would pay for Biden's plan. Okay, so according to the Penn Wharton budget model, this would cost Americans between 300 billion and 980 billion dollars over the next 10 years. In other words, the student loan forgiveness isn't really forgiveness. It doesn't cancel an individual's debt. It just redistributes uh, their debt and forces others to pay for it. Wow. Student loan forgiveness is like a person who forgives an individual of their debt by harassing the debtor's grandparents until they pay for it. Ooh. Student loan forgiveness doesn't forgive anyone. It penalizes everyone. Now, okay. obviously, very strong words, but I mean, I, I think there is some validity to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I think this is something to consider here. You know, and it reminds me of, I remember I had a friend who worked at a restaurant and I would go to the restaurant and he would give me like all this free food. <laughs> and I couldn't help but wonder like if he actually had the authority to do that or not. Right. And like, is he paying for your meal? Because he, himself? I don't think he was like paying for my meal. I think he was just giving me the free food. I don't think it was coming out of his pocket. I think it was coming out of the owner's pocket. Right. And so he's giving me something that doesn't cost him anything. Mm. And, you know, in some ways, when this happens, this type of thing, like it makes that waiter look good. And mm-hmm. in many cases, they get, even get a better tip, you know. And so I just remember being in that situation, just wondering, like, uh, a little bit having a moral dilemma like is this is this okay like yeah. should i take this right he just gave it to me I, I i don't know like should i turn it down you know and in the case that we're in now like we have elected officials you know again both the right and the left who mm-hmm. have made decisions and they aren't the ones who are going to pay the price for them and so like our waiter friend it might just be making them look good <laughs> in order to get the resulting benefits of that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, in this analogy that we're talking about, like it's you and me and our kids, like we're the ones who are the restaurant owner here with a yeah. rogue waiter <laughs> giving away all kinds of free food that right. we're all going to pay for, you know? Uh, and so anyway, like I, I, and I think the question with all this, again, like the question that someone asked in our Instagram is like, what do you do if you're eligible for the student loan forgiveness mm. in light of all of this? Yeah. You know, because it's easy to sit here and especially in our case, like we don't have student loan debt anymore. Like we paid it all off. It's easy for me to sit here and say, well, yeah, don't take it because, <laughs> you know, it's just like money out the, of my waiter, pocket. the waiter analogy, you know, it's like right. we are all going to have to pay for it if you take mm-hmm. it type of thing. It's easy to say that in my position. Now, if I had whatever, $100,000 of student loan debt, I would be enticed to want to take that, right. you know, and, and it's like, and I can see a reasonable argument why it's like the government is the authority they have the authority to forgive this debt Mm -hmm. and therefore why should i not take it yeah so i understand that line of thinking you know but i think my proposal my suggestion to anybody listen to this is to pray (laughs) yeah and i know some people like i don't want to pray i don't want to you know but it's like that's that is the answer to these really hard things where we're trying to figure out what to do you know yeah and i wish we had you know just a really simple answer to just be like yeah do it or don't do it. You know, it, it, it would make your lives a lot easier. <laughs> but I mean, <sighs> well, I just think it by doing that, by having a just flat out blanket statement, I think, um, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like it's, it's fair. 
uh, right. to to do that and to oversimplify things. Like I'm yeah. all about simplifying things, but there's a point where. Uh, so Einstein has this quote where he says, make everything as simple as it can be, but, but no simpler. simpler. Yeah. And there's when you oversimplify something, yeah, you miss out on a, little, a lot of intricacies and mm-hmm. a lot of important components of it. And uh, and this is one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't know that it is as simple as everyone wants to make it out to be. Because it's easy to just see one mm-hmm. side and one angle right. and just be like, oh, this is just a simple answer. This is just what you do. And I think that's the case a lot of times with debt and debts in the Bible because, because yeah, because like the Bible doesn't have a lot of great stuff to say about debt, but it mm-hmm. also doesn't say that debt is a sin. And so it just gets this kind of muddy situation <laughs> where people are like, well, what do I do then? I wanted yeah. a black and white answer, you know? I know. Yeah. And the answer is to really seek the Lord. And I think that there's... There's an opportunity. So if you pray about this and you are wanting to take the forgiveness, but you end up feeling like the Lord is saying not to, I just want to encourage you too that like when we do things out of obedience, when they are against what our natural inclination is, like what we want to do, like he's there with you. Like he's not yeah. just going to leave you. He's not going to just say, ah, forget it. I'm just going to let them struggle. Like he wants to be there and show up. And I think... that it's possible that you could rob him of that opportunity by saying, but the government's already offering me this. It's kind of like the, do I want this or do I want what's behind door number two? You know, you can see what it is, but there might be something better behind the other door. And yeah, when God is the one backing that door, that even though it's mysterious, there's always something so much better in there. And uh, not saying it's always the same package, but it is always better because he has our best interests at heart. All right. I want to add one other piece here that I just think is important to clarify here. So if someone is actually forgiving the debt, if you owe me a hundred dollars, okay. And that's my a hundred dollars I gave you and I lent it to you. And I say, you know what? You don't have to pay me back. Just keep it. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. Right. Like that's a hundred percent cool. And so if, yeah. And if you're working, if you have a, a bank that you're working with, and they agree to just forgive that debt for you. Mm-hmm. Like you should take it because they're, yeah, they're forgiving that debt. Right. Like it's there's absolutely choice. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. The the only issue I think with the government, everything that's going on now that so many people are frustrated about is the idea that the government isn't the one who is actually going to foot the bill for this. Right. That it's all of the American citizens as a whole mm-hmm. who are paying for it. And so, but obviously at the same time, you can't ask all American citizens, you know, right. that question to forgive the debt. Right. Because the the leaders have been put there. Yeah. Right. By us, the American citizens. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I think that is a pretty uh, solid argument or justification for accepting the debt mm-hmm. or the forgiveness but I do understand why some people are even asking this question and feel like, I don't know, should I? Yeah. You know, because it is it is going to have repercussions on, you know, all of us in the country, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but at the same time, like, so I have a whole bunch of other things. Like all the money. Like I, I read this. It's something like 80%. I think it's 80% of all, you can Google this, like of all U.S. dollars, all currency in existence in mm-hmm. the U.S., has been printed within the last two or three years. So mm. it's just, it's bonkers when you think about that. And it makes perfect sense that we would be having a lot of inflation 
because we just keep printing more money. Oh my gosh. And of course it's going to spread it out. <laughs> so anyway, but tying this oh, back to what you okay. were saying, because I think that was a really good point. Um, just this idea that at the end of the day, like, don't look to the government for this solution. Right. Don't, 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 don't lean on that. Don't look yeah. to the government for this. Tap into God and what he can do. And we actually, uh, we just recorded and we'll release this. It'll be after this episode that you're hearing right now, but mm-hmm. we released, we recorded an episode talking about this miracle of yes. this woman's monstrous student loan debt that was forgiven in a different way. Right. Um, and, and just how God did that and how he connected the dots. Yeah. And, so anyway, so God is capable. God is, yeah, he's so capable. He's willing, he's ready. And I think he He is waiting for us to go, could you do this, God? Like, just look to him to solve our problems. The one last thing that I want to touch on in this subject is just anyone who disagrees with this debt forgiveness thing and maybe doesn't have student loan debt or maybe does, I don't know, but they're just very much like, I don't want the government taking my money. I, I can't blame you for feeling that way. I think it's only natural to say why have they decided that I'm going to pay for this. Uh, yeah, and just to clarify, like they're not literally taking our money. Like they're not charging right. us, but by through inflation, mm-hmm. by printing more money, like that's how we're all going to feel. Yeah, some of everything, and not just student loans, but like everything that's been done. Yes, you know, right. There is an opportunity again to trust God here with this and an opportunity to go, everything I have is his anyway. Yep. So if he has me living in America, if he has me, you know, as a citizen here working through this stuff, then he's going, like, he's still our provider. He's still the one that's going to uh, care for us, even if the government if no, if we feel the government doesn't have our best at heart, you yeah. know, it doesn't really matter because we are citizens of heaven and he is the one that is providing for us. So it's easy to just get really mad and get really upset when you see something that you feel is not just, you know, yeah. I mean, the, these are attri- attributes in the Bible that are are godly and are good, but it's really easy I've done it myself. You've done it. Never. We've all Not done me. it. I haven't done it. <laughs> to to think, well, they can't do that, you know. And yeah. uh, you know, but we do have an opportunity to just go, you know what, Lord? It's all your money anyway. They're requiring this from me. I mean, Jesus said, "Give Caesar what is Caesar's," right? It's like yeah. they're asking for it. We're just going to open our hands and basically just give. I, I think that's that's a good way to look at this. Is yeah. can I just give it? Can I just decide just in my heart go. that I can just give this money even though it's sort of being forced on me? Can I just flip that around and go, "No, I'm not going to let them force me to give this. I'm actually just going to give it." Yep. And it really brings a lot of peace to your heart, to your mind, and it puts God back on the throne in your own mind, which is where he needs to be. Well, and this is part of, you know, what we call true financial freedom. Yeah. It's like when you open up that fist and when you aren't (laughs) dependent on how tight you can hold that fist to hang on, when it's open, you can trust that God is going to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. It can flow through you. It's, it's so much more peaceful. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just look at the tension of a fist versus an open hand. It's just so much more peace. So anyway, just kind of wrapping this up. If you are in this situation, Mm -hmm. you got a whole bunch of debt, you're trying to figure out what to do. I mean, because honestly, ten, twenty thousand dollars is 
not enough for a lot of people with their student loan right. debt. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but go read Second Kings for kind of one through seven, somewhere in there. And, like see this story, this miraculous story of what God did for this widow who helped her get out of an impossible debt mm, situation. Yes. Absolutely impossible situation. Yep. So go read that. That's your homework. And yeah, share this with someone who needs it. And uh, I'd love to hear what you think. good homework, though. Send us a DM on Instagram. Love to hear your thoughts on all this. It's okay to disagree. Be, be civil. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> we don't need any more trolls. But yeah. Be, don't yell at us, okay, guys? Be kind. <laughs> and um, love to chat and hear what you think. Yeah, for sure. All right. Have a great one. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.